Hello everyone and welcome back to The Rundown at SHOT Show 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are coming at you live from the Beretta Media Zone uh, here on the floor at SHOT Show 2022. Having a good time talking with folks who are impacting the firearms and the Second Amendment industry. Uh, once again, we've got, we've talked to folks who've had products, we've talked to influencers, uh, we've talked to trainers, uh, and now we're also talking to media personalities. And one of my favorites, because you guys know I'm I'm into when it comes to talking guns. I'm probably more of a gun policy guy than I am a gun guy. I love guns, but uh, I probably know more about the policy than I actually do about firearms. Uh, but there's a guy who I watch his videos because I know when he talks about policy, he actually knows what he's talking about. Not just when it comes to actual firearms, but also when it comes to policy. And that's my good friend, Jared Yanis of Guns and Gadgets. How you doing today, sir? Thank you, bro. That's a great intro. I have to buy you some beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make the check payable to Craig Deleuze. You'll, yeah. you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. How's, uh, how's shot treating you so far? Good, good. It's uh, I'm glad we're back in action. Uh, it's a little different, but at the same time, it's a little bit better than the past. Um, it's good to see a lot of people out and learning about what they can do or things they can buy. You know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag because the booths give you have a little bit more room. Uh, the, because there's a little bit smaller crowd, you're not waiting in line to right. talk to people about products or you know trying to push your way through down a hallway so you can get to where you're trying to go. Um, but there are a lot of people that we're used to seeing here that aren't here. Yeah. And so you kind of miss miss a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can understand it. You know, people have their own health and safety issues that they worry about and never fault them. But it's not quite the same as it used to. But it also looks like this could be a new a new way for SHOT Show to be a little more effective, like you said. Yeah, well, I I will tell you, I am I'm enjoying it. Like, one of the benefits has been... Uh, actually being able to broadcast from you know right here on you know on the floor uh, it's been a lot of fun because normally what happens is I wind up stuck wind up stuck over in the hallway that they call media row <laughs> and you only really get to see people when they mosey over there well people are walking all through here so right. we get once again we get a chance to see them you know catch up uh, interview them and all that fun stuff yeah it's a good time man it's a lot of a lot of promise here let's hope they uh, expand on it again do me a favor, uh, tell the folks a little bit about, uh, first about your program and then a little bit about your background. Sure, uh, mainly based off of a YouTube channel called Guns and Gadgets. Uh, I'm in my eighth year of doing it. Uh, my whole thing about the channel is to educate everybody, not just the pro-gun person or an anti-gun person, just everybody, and what they can do to affect their rights, our rights in this country. Uh, if you are a Second Amendment advocate, somebody who enjoys the shooting sports, you know that we have been under an attack like we have never seen before and it's never going to stop as long as we the people remain uninterested and silent so what i try to do is make everybody aware of the smallest attacks that are happening in each one of the states it doesn't matter where it happens because what happens in california will make its way to new york will make its way to new jersey or massachusetts florida texas uh, just because we might have a pro-gun uh, candidate pro-gun legislature currently, those change regularly, and if we let our guard down, uh, Massachusetts and California will be the normal. So, now you can be in Massachusetts, you, you have kind of a sense of what it's like to be behind enemy lines, like like, like, well, like we do in California. Right. Um, you, but you also understand that uh, those rules, the things that these people are doing and the ideas are not staying 
in California. They're they're migrating. They may start in California. You too. But like any like any good pandemic, <laughs> yeah, like any good virus or disease, uh, it eventually spreads. Oh, absolutely! It's a testing ground. California is a testing ground. What works there, they try to go national with it. Same with Massachusetts. We try to make it uh, as hard as a, on a gun owner as possible before California does it. New York just tries to be as communist as possible with gun laws. Uh, so it's it's never going to end, and the only way it stops is if the average person can realize just how big of an impact they can have uh, without having to go do speeches, without having to hold rallies. Each person can take a uh, take a part and have a role and make a huge difference. Now, tell the folks what is it that that got you into? Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your your background. You know, uh, and how you got into firearms, and then what made you decide to start a YouTube channel talking about these issues? Sure. Uh, so, I grew up really, really poor uh, in an inner city uh, develop housing development in Massachusetts, and uh, my family was anti-gun. Uh, very Democrat, very, very poor family. And uh, I saw at an early age how important it was to defend yourself, to, t to be able to protect yourself and your family, obviously because of the community I lived in. Uh, and as I got older, I became a police officer. I uh, started serving in 1997, and that was an eye-opener, just to see how different communities worked and how they took care of themselves first and how they ensured their own safety with certain things they do. Uh, I thoroughly believe that we should all have every necessary tool we have to make sure that I can wake up the next day, whether it's a pistol, a rifle, a slingshot, brass knuckles, uh, if I need to defend myself when seconds matter, I don't need to wait for somebody on the hill to tell me if it's okay to use that device. Uh, and when I became a police officer, I learned how to understand law. Uh, old English is the way they write old law, and you have to have the ability to decipher what the bill really says, what the fluff is, and what the intention of that bill actually is. Because, I mean, look at the Build Back Better plan. There was a lot in that that wasn't really going to help us build back better. But if you don't know how to read that stuff, you can get misled here easily. So I've always had a knack for that. And I try to just dumb it down so that everybody can understand it. You don't have to worry about old English or, you know, henceforth and whereas. Because uh, the more we all know, the more we're on the, the same page as fast as possible, the, the more effect we can have uh, in our advocacy. It's, you know, it's funny, most people get their, their, their uh, policy advice, or they, they learn what they know about gun laws at the gun counter. And I, I found, in all due respect to FFLs, the people who own gun stores, uh, but that's the, one of the worst places yeah. to actually get to understand the law. And I think that if you are a gun owner and you value being a gun owner and your right to keep them barrel, even if you're not a gun owner, but you value your rights and your civil liberties, you need to take the time to understand how these, what these laws have on the impact that they're going to have on you. You need to be engaged because most people don't realize what's happened until after a piece of legislation is already passed. Right, and then it's too late. And then you got to go through a generation to try to fight back. Um, even, like you said, you don't have to be a gun owner. Our rights are our rights. I will never tell you which one of your rights you get to employ, and we just expect the same, you know, to, to reciprocate that type of, uh, you know, common courtesy. Our rights are like tools, uh, you know, tools in a toolbox. I might not want to utilize my Sixth Amendment today, but I might want to utilize my Fourth Amendment today. And nobody should be able to tell me that I can't have the Second Amendment because they don't like it. And uh, I think once we get past the, uh, the shock and awe the media has, we have a lot more common area as people 
uh, then we then we believe. Well, you know, I think one of the interesting things is the first time on the program with Heller, it's like they've almost almost like lower courts have almost flat out ignored the fact that Heller exists. <laughs> And what they keep leaving though, what they keep going to is where Scalia talked about that you can have reasonable regulation. Right. They're doing everything possible, passing anything, quote unquote, calling it legal regulation. And the first thing they say is the Second Amendment is unlimited. Right. You know, this is just like the first speech, I mean the first the first amendment. And they always go to this one line, they always say, You can't yell fire in the crowd. First thing I tell them is, yes, you can. In particular, if there is a fire. Right. Here's the more important part is that what we don't do, what we don't do is we don't put duct tape on people's mouths before they go into the theater in case someone might abuse their right and yell fire and someone get hurt and right. injured. Because we actually have laws that protect people. If someone does abuse their rights, they yell fire, there is no fire, there's a panic, someone gets hurt or injured, people lose money. There's both criminal and civil ways in which you can address that, right? right. right. And guess what we have the same thing for? We have the same thing for gun laws, right? But now what they want to do is they want to say, because someone might abuse the right to keep and bear arms, we're now going to take over your mouth, we're now going to take away your rights in the event, or we're going to infringe on your rights. Exactly. Because some people might abuse it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's all about control, as you know. You know, they want, there's a certain faction in the political world that wants total control, and they really don't want us to have the rights that we have had. And we don't, 30 years ago, our, our, our you know, relatives had more freedoms than we do now. And 30 years prior to that, their relatives had more freedoms. It's just a constant attack of paper cuts, you know, the death by a thousand paper cuts thing. And uh, they won't rest until we can't have AR-15s or, you know, semi-automatic pistols. And it's it just never ends. Well, I think there's, you know, what I hear you talking about is not just about guns, but I hear you talking about liberties and rights. And I think there's a, uh, while you talk about guns on your show, and yours is about gun rights and freedom and liberty, and it's mostly about the Second Amendment, there is an underlying theme between those who want to take away our right to keep their arms uh, and those who want to force us to wear masks, those who want to force people to get vaccinated, right? uh, those who want to who take to, to take control of the resources of production, right. all of those things, it's an ideological yeah, thing. Uh, and I think you just nailed it. The number one thing has to do with Yeah, it, it makes them feel powerful. And the thing is that I want more people to realize that we have the control. We the people mean something. Those you know legislators work for us. We've kind of lost that along the way, but it's time to remind them that. Well, it, it is. And it's, you know, it's funny, I sit on a screen here, and uh, I got into researching when critical race theory started to become a thing. And so once I understood critical race theory, I, I, I read books on it, and I read books that were against it. Then I understood that it came from critical theory, started studying critical theory. Then, oh, that came from postmodernism, started reading about postmodernism. Then I started getting, I started getting into understanding Marxism. And Charlie, let's, uh, I want to tell you about And you start to see that all of this is about creating this utopia, the people's utopia, right? And it's about, if it's about saying, look, if we do this, if we control people and force them to believe what it is that we want them to believe or do what it is that we want them to do, 
then somehow this utopia will come to be. The problem is, everywhere it's been tried. The only thing that has ever been 100% affected every single vote, two things. Number one, abject poverty is falling. Absolutely. And number two, death. Yep. People getting killed. Hundreds million people have died. In the attempted, in the attempt to create the communist slash, slash socialist slash Marxist utopia. Yeah, it's uh, their their version of unicorns and rainbows, but it doesn't exist. Yes, well, it, exactly, because it defies. This was how long? Ago. Right. You know, the one thing about market-based economies is it 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 it's it doesn't give in to human nature, but it accepts human nature. Human nature is if I go and I work. I have a God-given right to the fruits of my labor. If I don't, then that's what we call slavery. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. That's what slavery is. You don't have control over your life, over your decisions, or the resource, or the things that you create. That's why the founders talk about life, liberty, and property. Now they added, they changed it to pursuit, pursuit of happiness. happiness because not everybody is the property. Right. But property is more than just owning land. It's, it's also... It's again, the intellectual roots of your labor, your ideas, your work. And uh, anyway, it's just one of the reasons why we started doing, like when we started doing the rundown was because, you know, uh, Mike and I all, we did all gun stuff. And it was great and it was wonderful, but we also wanted to kind of have a show where we could tie in the other stuff. We have a warrant under arrest, And why it's, and why it's important, how it ties in. Right. Yeah, we're all on the same team. We just need to realize that, you know, it, like I said earlier, we have a lot more common ground than we realize. And once we start having personal conversations again, instead of our face on a on a cellular device, uh, I think I think I'm, I, I'm hopeful that the country starts to change back to, you know, doesn't have to be center or left or right, but just a little bit more normal. Well, it, it, how about this? How about identify your values and look for those values in public? Absolutely. And look for your values in those who implement public policy. Because see, if your values are in someone who implements public policy, then hopefully, if given the same information, they would make the same choices and decisions that you would make. Right. The problem is, is we look to see, do they have an R after their name, do they have a D after their name? And we stop and end there. To me, that's the beginning. Yeah. If you tell me you're a Democrat, then I assume you stand for certain things. But I still have to look at your fruit, the policies that you're seeking to implement, and figure out if that is in line with, with my values. Same thing with the Republicans. Right. And when it comes to guns, I would just say this, Republicans can be the worst because they think, because they have an R after their name, that whatever they think about guns must be pro-gun. Yeah, yeah, we know they're wrong, but yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they're well-meaning, but the truth is, is sometimes it's not as big a priority to them, it's not as high on their priority list as it is for us. Right, which is why I'm a huge advocate of people talking to their legislators, whether it's local, state, or federal, they don't know what you know about your passion. And the only way you can get them to understand is to actually have conversations with them. And you can't be intimidated by talking, they're just people, they just wear ties. I mean, they're nobody special. Uh, and don't be afraid to, to you know, have those conversations with them. I've worked in the California legislature for eight years, and I will tell you the sad part is, folks, the longer I worked there, the less impressed I became with the people that we, sent, that we were sending to our state capital. Yeah. 
uh, in California, uh, you know, it's it's the old the main people who are sending who are sending are people who are in charge of the Democrats, Labor Democrats. Yeah. Mr. Walters, Mark Walters from Hard American Republicans. Okay, but they're not always the best advocates. They're not always the best elected. Right. Um, and they don't always represent our values, our interests, as well as those Yeah, I wish we could go back to a time where the common man, the common woman ran for office, you know, not being a lawyer. Because that's the way the system was created. It's what it was created for. A farmer would go serve a couple terms in, in office and then return to the farm and still have to deal with and live under those policies that they passed during his, you know, his time in office. It doesn't happen now. You know, we have the political elitists who think that they're above everybody else and they often are exempt from their own laws they make. And uh, it's, it's time to stop it. It is definitely, we are indefinitely. So hey, how can folks uh, find you? Where can they find you on, on YouTube or website or anything like that where they can follow you and watch you? So the easiest way is Guns and Gadgets on YouTube. I'm on all the socials as well, same thing. but. Uh, I try to put out a video every single day on YouTube, so that's the place where you'll stay most up to date with the Second Amendment infringements happening on a daily basis. How have you found YouTube? We've wound up in YouTube YouTube jail in the last probably in the last six months, like three times. Um, we're finding that they're becoming a lot, lot harder to deal with. Yeah, it's a private company. You got to play by their rules and stay within their boundaries. It's it's been. Increasingly more difficult, especially on the side of the, the spectrum we're on. You know, we're not talking about something that they like very much, the owners, you know. Uh, but it is our right to keep and bear arms. It shall not be infringed. And uh, they're going to have to respect that one way or another. And so they, they let you say some things. They don't like you to say certain uh, certain things. But uh, there, there's a way to work within their framework. Well, one of the things that I've noticed is we're seeing a lot of folks in Congress who have been about coming down basically coming down on us. Uh, Tell people about the gun grants, because the gun grants are really cool. And that is share that with your audience. People who broadcast with the videos, and people on social media. Eventually, we're going to be the ones that are going to be in control of both houses and Congress. And I'm wondering if the same sort of pressure is going to be put on them to get out of the to stop doing that. And if, if in fact, I think you're starting to see the groundswell right now. There's some, there's some, you know, embers being, being lit because you're seeing people in Congress being canceled for saying things that are totally, you know, it's free speech. They're on point talking about policy or decisions, uh, and they're being erased. So I, I, I think uh, should we have a change in November, you're going to see some quick turnarounds and some stuff. Thank you so very much for coming on I love your stuff, you know, and I really appreciate you and what you do and how you help your folks uh, inform and engage when it comes to the issues impacting us. Thank you, brother. It's an honor, and uh, I love everything you do, too, so please don't stop. Thank you, sir. Thank you so very much. I appreciate this. All right, folks. Well, hey, that's going to be it uh, for this interview. Once again, we're going to be back with more interviews uh, here live from SHOT Show 2022 in the Beretta Media Zone. It's Anna Craig Blues with The Rundown. We'll be back at you. Okay. Really